Hello, Kevin Mondro here, Coach Dro, D-R-O. Welcome back to the Tell Me Your Story Coach podcast, the podcast where we advocate coaches and help young coaches learn from the coaches telling these stories. Before we get to today's incredible young coach, I wanted to share something really cool that I heard the other day. I was on the bus with the Eastern Michigan women's basketball team heading to our scrimmage. The bus driver, a young man who everyone calls KP, told the team, I'm going to serve everyone on this bus with all my heart. To me, this is one of the best examples of real life leadership that I've heard in a long time. Oh, by the way, did you check out primetime Deion Sanders this week talking about his purpose when approaching practice? Check it out. An absolute must listen. Today, we are talking to Coach Jake Pursuti. Coach Jake is currently the assistant AD of scouting for Coach Jeff Capel at the University of Pittsburgh. Jake comes to Pitt after seven seasons with Coach Steve Wojciechowski at Marquette. At Marquette, Jake was the video coordinator, director of basketball operations, and assistant basketball coach for Coach Wojo. In addition, Coach Jake has had the opportunity to work at Syracuse, Eastern Michigan, the Houston Rockets, and with Team USA. Jake has also had the absolute pleasure to play for Coach Beheim at Syracuse University. As you soon will hear, Coach Jake will share some incredible advice on learning where to be where your feet are and to simply run your own race. Young coaches, veteran coaches, any coaches, this is incredible advice that you will soon hear. Subscribe, rate, and review on whatever platform you are currently listening. Remember, we are everywhere. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Amazon Music, Google Podcasts, and so much more. Please keep telling your coaching friends about this podcast. The bigger audience we can create, the bigger impact we can make with younger coaches. Follow Tell Me Your Story Coach on Instagram at Tell Me Your Story Coach. Follow Tell Me Your Story Coach on Twitter at Coach Kevin Dro. Connect with me on LinkedIn, Kevin Mondro. Enough of Coach Dro. Let's get to Coach Jake Pursuti and tell his story real quick. Before Coach Jake's story, I need to tell you about my affiliate partner that I've been supporting since episode one. That friend, Desmond Ferguson, the owner of Moneyball Sportswear. Check out moneyballsportswear.com. Let me tell you about the gear that Moneyball produces. Men's, women's, boys' and girls' sports attire, hoodies, sweatshirts, t-shirts, shorts. You name it, Moneyball has it. And if you are a high school and or AAU coach and you need a new set of uniforms, please reach out to Moneyball. The uniforms that Desmond and his team create are simply spectacular. Go to moneyballsportswear.com, shop away, enter the promo code DRO, D-R-O, in the coupon checkout. Grow with us. Moneyball, the only way to ball. Jake, why do you coach? That's a great question, Dro. You know, but I think that the biggest thing for me was just to uh, be able to work in basketball, to be able to create relationships and, and just try to make an impact with, with people. And I was able to see that coming up in the in, in the profession and in the game and at a high level. And I, I, I just wanted to try to strive to do the same. You know, you mentioned to me before that your father had a great impact in you in terms of wanting to coach, like watching your dad coach that. How did it inspire you to maybe want to coach one day? Yeah, you know, he was a he was like a junior high coach and I used to go to the practices and just 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 being in the gym and being able to coach kids and, and, uh, you know, work on the game and, and, you know, just, uh, draw up plays. And, and obviously there's the winning and losing aspect as well, but just, you know, that was the thing, just being in the gym and, and, and seeing him coach and, and, uh, be able to recruit, you know, as he was coaching junior high kids, but being able to coach a group of kids and, and see them improve and get better and, and try to win the game. One of the things I love about you, as you mentioned to me in a prior conversation is that even at a young age, you were studying ways to be a coach. 
Yeah, yeah, you know, uh, it's just something that I've always kind of been into. You know, I'm studying the game, you know, getting all the preview magazines and reading about all the teams. It's just something that I've always been really intrigued by, trying to learn about the great coaches and, and what made them really good and the different teams and just something that's always really uh, been been a big part of me. You know, I'm, I'm one of those guys that, you know, in October running out to the Barnes & Noble or the grocery store to get the <laughs> Athlon and Lindy's and, and all uh, sporting news. They used to have that one, but they uh, to get all the preview magazines and, and read up on the on the college season what is this concept of being an active learner it's a term that's out there now just have a complete growth mindset you know try to always try to gain knowledge from different areas in sports outside of sports you know what makes some of the most successful people successful at what they do and that's something that I try to to do in my life I'm a big history guy I like to learn about different leaders in history and and um, people that have been really successful in in other walks of life so you played for coach Jim Beheim at Syracuse and also worked for him he's a tremendous active learner explain to me your process of just watching him be an active learner throughout his whole coaching career and one thing I always always took away from coach was how much he watched the game you know like he he would watch the random whether it be a mid-major game or another conference high major game on ESPN and he would watch it all you know so you would bring up a game like oh did you see the game on Tuesday night in the big 12 and he'd be like yeah that was crazy the you know what they did down the stretch in the last four minutes like he watches everything you know he he was someone that was like completely in tune with what was going on in the the world of basketball both professionally and in college and it was just really inspiring that he was so in tune okay so a little bit more on coach Bayheim. how does he keep the game so simple yeah i think you know it, it's funny with coach he he really tries to simplify everything that they do whether it be in you know offense defense obviously we play the, they play the zone there but offensively just trying to like how can we exploit a matchup how can we get the ball to who we need to get the ball to and he wants to keep it simple simple for the coaches simple for the team and he's had great success and and really it, it's genius it's genius because everyone is, is on the same page at all times and it's, it's really smart yeah it's amazing watching them throughout the years and obviously we have both have a relationship with rob murphy we both worked for Coach Murphy. You and Murph would talk hours and hours about just how the Syracuse system is just so, it's complicated but simple in the terms of just quick pin down, get to your spot, score. You know, defensively, the zone, there's a bunch of rules, but at the end of the day, it's pretty simple. And it just blew me away just how, like, how sometimes as coaches, we almost overthink some of this and make it so complicated. And here's one of the all-time winningest coach ever that just keeps the game so simple and real for his players. Exactly. You know, I think that, that's the biggest thing. It's just uh, like, you know, you actually said it great. Like there might be all the, all kinds of rules on the defensive end in the zone. Everyone tries to figure it out, but really there's like three or four main keys and there's different rules, but like that, you know, that's, that's what you try to live by. And he just tries to simplify everything. Okay. So you had seven great years for Steve Wojciechowski at Marquette, video coordinator, director of basketball operations, assistant coach, who is really Steve Wojciechowski. Coach Wojo has been incredible to me. He's someone that obviously gave me a great opportunity to join his staff when he became a head coach. And, you know, we, we've since become great friends. And with Wojo, he's someone that is incredibly competitive um, in everything that he does. He wants to win, whether it's obviously in basketball or if you're just trying to scramble on the golf course, he wants to win. You know, th it, that's inspiring because he, he truly wants to win at everything and he cares deep, deeply about that. But, you know, he's just an incredible guy, incredible guy that, you 
you know, he, he, he cares, treats people great, gives people great opportunities. And, you know, he really lets, gives you the freedom to grow in the profession. And that's something that I'll be forever indebted to him for the way that he let me grow as a coach, as a person. And, um, you know, I, I'm truly thankful to him for that. When I was a young coach, I worked at Duke basketball camp and Wojo was obviously a young assistant. And every day the coaches would play against the, the campers. Part of it was kind of a ritual in the Duke camp and Wojo would never let the kids win. It was crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Slapping the floor. But, you know, it was this almost this concept of like driven by winning. Uh, you mentioned before one of his creeds, his mottos was win every day. What was that win every day mantra? One of his big things at Marquette when he took the job was just, you know, win every day. You know, he wanted to win every day as people, as students in the classroom, in the community. And he, he wanted to win on the court. You know, in, in all facets of life, you want to try to win every day. And that's something that he tried to embody and, and instill in the team and in the in the program. And it's something that I learned a great deal from because that's something that, you know, everyone can really get behind, you know, attacking every day and, and, and trying to be the best in all areas, not just your profession, but in, in your life. And um, that's something that, you know, was a, was a really important thing to him. And, and he, he tried to instill that in, into the program and into everyone involved with the program. You know, if you look at his run at Mark. Marquette, so many of his assistant coaches became head coaches. It's almost remarkable when you think about, yeah. you know, a Big East program, assistant after year after year after year, head coach, head coach, head coach. How did these assistants be able to create these job opportunities? Was it was Wojo, did he give them ownership? Like, how did how yeah. did he prepare them to be head coaches? Yeah, that's a great question, and it was incredible. Well, first and foremost, the three guys that took head jobs are really good. You know, they were really good as assistants, and then they're, they're all doing very well as head coaches, but Wojo gave them complete ownership to grow, right? So whether it be a, as an assistant coach recruiting, whether it be an assistant coach on the court taking one side of the ball, like he he allowed them to take incredible ownership in the program and in themselves as, to grow as a coach. And that's something that I would guess is a little uncommon. You know, I think I think Wojo really allowed us as assistants and those three guys that became head coaches to to take incredible ownership of the program and really grow. And I mean, and they, listen, they did a great job they were they were ready and they they showed that on a daily basis at Marquette how awesome was it when you came to work every day Marquette on the floor that you knew you had this freedom to speak freely yeah incredible and not just on the court it could be in a staff meeting it could be in a it could be in a a team meeting he allowed us to share our views share our thoughts with the team with the staff with him and listen he didn't always agree with them and the, the the players certainly may not have always agreed with them but you had that that ability to to share those thoughts, and it was it was great. It was great, and it gave it, it gives you 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 wanted to go be all in. You were all in because you had the sense of ownership in the program, and, and he really allowed that. You know, one of the other last thing on Wojo that I love is you have a very young family, beautiful boys, beautiful just whole family. But one of the things I just love following on social media is even though you are a high pressure Big East. Marquette, it seems to me that Coach Wojo allowed you to have the ability to have a family life. Yeah, I mean, you know, one thing I've talked to I've talked to people about that even now, you know, it, you know, the ability to on a Saturday, you know, bring your son in and, you know, while you have practice, may sit in your office and then your, you know, your, your sons are there to, you know, shoot baskets after practice or your sons, you know, um, potentially going on a road trip, you know, families being allowed to go on road trips and just that welcoming atmosphere of having family around, having kids around. And, and uh, I think that was something that, you know, when I, when I came to Marquette as a young father, like it was incredible that 
you could have your kids around. You could have your kids around in the office and around the players and team. And those are relationships that as I've transitioned from Marquette, I still have with with the, with our players and, and, and things like that. So it, it was incredibly important to him and it was awesome to, 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 to live that every day. Okay. So we worked together at Eastern Michigan. You were director of player development before you with the Rockets with an analytical video background, obviously uh, GA at Syracuse. You had this um, incredible ability at a young coaching age to figure out, Hey, video is really, really important. And you went to Marquette, you created this video death star there. <laughs> it's just incredible <laughs> how video has always been a big part of your career. I have to ask you, what is a preview edit? Yeah. Yeah. So preview edit, we, you know, that I think it originates it with Duke, but it's something that we did at, uh, we did at Marquette and it basically is an edit that we would show two days before an opponent. And on the, on that edit, basically what we did was it would be three defensive keys, three and three offensive keys. So the edit, we try to, you try to get the edit between five and seven minutes and you basically break it down to three defensive keys and three offensive keys. So for example, it could be, you know, transition defense, make the post touches hard and, you know, driving line defense or, or, you know, really good solid one-on-one defense. And then offensively, maybe push the ball in transition, you know, great ball movement and, the passing when you drive, the passing will be out or driving kick. So just you know those key simple things about an opponent, and then you try to show that with video. So you, you try to show teams or your team doing those things to try to just instill in the players' minds the game plan. And you know that's something that you know I, I still believe in to this day. I think it's incredibly important and it's simple. And I think the players all when they know when they're preparing for an opponent, they know what to expect. I think it's it's really important. Yeah, it's awesome. Thanks for sharing. I know there's so many coaches out there that are preparing for their opening, you know, start of their season. You know, maybe having some internal debates like how should we tackle scouting. I just thought when you explained that to me, for that just made it really really simple for me, and I'm sure it really really helped the players at Marquette. Yeah, yeah, no. I- I think like just keeping it simple, just keeping it simple, like I said, and, and the players understanding what that what to expect as they prepared for every opponent. You got the preview two days before, personnel day before, you know, just understanding that rhythm of preparing for an opponent. And, uh, you know, I think that that was important in the preparation. You know, one of the things circling back to Coach Beheim, I always thought found it fascinating. Everyone I've spoken to that's ever worked for him is he could watch a two teams playing man to man and translate that over to when, you know, playing zone against them. I always found that just fascinating that he yeah. could he could just watch, I don't know, Duke versus Florida State and then play them both on the next couple of days. And obviously his staff is going to prepare them for some zone things, concepts they might do. But he just had this ability to watch that game and know what everyone could do. I just, I just, it's just like, to me, just high level basketball IQ. Yeah. And, and you know, just going off what you're saying, like he would basically decipher the game and, and see based on the personnel and, and what they, what they do, you know, offensively. And, and he basically how that will translate when Syracuse would play the zone, like they play it. And I, I agree with you. It was incredibly, you know, well, you know, their center gets to the high post. Like, yeah, we don't need to rush up on him. Like, he's not going to make 20 of those. He's not going to make 10 of those, you know? So, like, you know, like, just late contest, be there, he'd be there, and, and uh, we're not going to rush up so he drives by because he's not comfortable shooting. So, he would just pick up on stuff like that and be able to translate that, translate that like you said, and it's, it's really impressive. So, at Marquette, video, then operations, so director of operations. How did these two positions help you evolve as an assistant coach? Well, first and foremost, I had deep-rooted relationships with the players on the team. So I, even 
even though I was not uh, an accountable coach in compliance terms, I was able, I had relationships with mm-hmm. players when I made that transition to an assistant coach. Like I, it was an easy transition to coach them because they trusted me. They knew what I was about. They knew who I was as a person and they knew I was going to tell them the truth. And um, I think that was a, the, the biggest thing. For me, in having those two positions with video and with operations, once I transitioned, because I had those relationships with the players on the team, it was uh, it was fairly seamless. I'm going to get to player relationships in one second, but one of the things that I really, really think for young coaches it's valuable is that in that video and operations position, you learn to be where your feet were. You, like, you almost ran your own race in terms yeah. of like you knew that you wanted to be an assistant coach, but you had a responsibility to coach Wojo that you had to do those those two positions at a high level. Yeah, this is something that I really... I truly believe in. I just think in coaching in this profession as you try to work up and I've, I've been lucky and fortunate to have worked my way up in terms of being promoted from in different programs. But I think it's so important when you have a job, whatever the job is, that you just, you really need to be where your feet are and r- run your own race because it's so, you could be consumed by the job that you don't have rather than being a star in the job that you have. And I think, you know, I've heard a lot of people talk about it. It's something that I really believe in, whether you're in video, you're a GA, you're a director of basketball operations, and, and you aspire to grow in the profession, I, I think it's so important that you you just try to crush the role that you're in. Bring value every day. And I believe that if you do that and you help the team succeed and those around you succeed, that you by you doing that every day, you you will get what you want and what you, what you maybe dream about. And um, it's something that I truly believe in. And it's something that I try to embody in everything that I do. Time for a quick 30 second time out coach jake getting this podcast to you is all because of my friends at buzzsprout buzzsprout is hands down the easiest and best way to launch promote and track your podcast your show can be online and listed in all the major podcast directories like apple Podcasts, spotify stitcher amazon music google podcast and so many more you'll also get a great looking podcast website they provide audio players that you can drop into other websites they give detailed analytics to see how people are listening to start your own podcast follow the link in my show notes let buzzsprout know that i sent you you'll get a 20 dollars amazon gift card if you sign up for a paid plan and this also helps support my show buzzsprout the easiest way to start a podcast yeah i love that i i just i mean like here's your job let's do it let's do it at a highest level and then you know if you do a great job you'll be rewarded for that and i think there's an example just with you i mean you're you you did an unbelievable job in video actually you were combination video and director of operations (laughs) and then next thing you know you're on a charter plane going to augusta georgia and coach k is like hey this is your new guy and Woj is like yeah this is my new guy and I just, you know, just anybody that gets promoted from within. And I just think there's so many coaches out there, young coaches, you know, video ops, you know, they want to be an assistant, but they have to realize that you have to do your current job really, really well. Yep. Yeah. I, and I, I couldn't agree more with that. And I, you know, I know, again, maybe, maybe you, you, you think you're a far, you're, you're far away from what you want to do, or you want to get on the court, you want to recruit and all these things, but like you, 
you were put in this opportunity wherever you're at. Like, I would just encourage you to just do that to the best of your ability and bring value to the staff around you, your head coach, your administration, your school. And I truly believe that that things will work out for the best if you do that on a daily basis. So Mike Hopkins, obviously, you're one of your assistant coaches when you were at Syracuse as a player. And you, you mentioned to me once that Coach Hop taught you so much about player relationships. And you just mentioned a few minutes ago that, you know, even though you were in these support staff roles, you had a great relationship with the guys. Like, just walk me through, how do you build trust with players? For me, is I try to find a way to get on their level, right? So I just try to, whether it's talk NBA, talk talk sports, music, anything, just try to get on their level and and, and try to relate in some way. And and I believe over time, you just, you, you build a, a camaraderie and then you build a trust. And I think you just start building a, a solid foundational relationship with, 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 you know, with someone. And that's just something that I think is really important. I, I saw it embodied uh, when I was coming up um, at Syracuse. And it's just something that I truly enjoy. You know, it's, I truly enjoy, you know, even from at Marquette for seven years, having the relationships with guys. And, and now, you know, obviously not being at Marquette, but still being in touch with the guys that are maybe still around the team or have now gone on to play professionally or in, in other ways. And it's just something that's like really important. They care about your family. They care about you. They care about your kids. And um, it's something that's, it's really a a truly a special part of the of the profession you know it's it's something that a lot of people talk about the games and the arenas and all this but like the relationships with the players to me is like one of the one of the, the coolest parts of, of this profession and in the, in the job yeah we worked together for a few years and i just i can probably count on my hand 30 to 40 times on the road team meal obviously this pre-covid but just yeah. you know you go on the road and you have these meals and we all do it coaches go to the coaches table players go to the players table but I can 30, 40 times uh, recall that you would go sit with the players. And it wasn't like you didn't want to sit with the coaches. You know, you just sat with the players. Like, and I would always ask you, like, Jake, like, where did you get that? And he's like, that's what you're supposed to do. <laughs> just, just, <laughs> yeah. Spend time with the guys. And I just think for young, you know, like we haven't really touched on much of this with the podcast, but that is like the most simplest way to create a relationship with the players. It's interesting to hear you say that, Drew, because I was young at that time. I, I didn't probably. I probably didn't know any better and it was probably more instinctual than it was like me thinking about the relationship piece because I was coming off where, where I kind of learned about that and like that's what I knew you know so like I, I just kind of thought like yeah we get to a team meal like you know obviously sit and talk and you know try to find something new out about someone that's just all that's kind of what I knew and so it, was, it just kind of came kind of natural so it was interesting to to do that then and something that I do now. So how do you take these relationships to the court specifically to get to the point as a coach to coach them up inspire you know put them through the reps but to the end game to be able to tell the truth yeah for me it's it's always to always to make sure that the players know that i believe and i that that i think that they can be a really good player that they have to understand the role that they have on the team and and how they can stay on the court right because they're talking to you as an assistant about i want i think i should be playing more i think it's just like okay you might be right i don't i don't hand out the minutes you might be right but like here's on film let me show you why you're not playing or why in my opinion would be a reason that you're not playing and what you can do to change that 
you know, and like just being honest with them. I think having those honest conversations is important and just letting them know that like my, me personally, like the constant positivity, like you're going to make a mistake and, and that, and that's okay. We, we got to learn from it and you have to do the next right thing. Like you, it's it, in so many times you see with players that they get so bogged down with mistake, right? Point guard, turn the ball over, wings can't make a shot, bigs fouling too much, all these things like, okay, you have to learn from it. You're going to see it, teach it, learn from it. And you have to do the next right thing because in college athletics, it's just, it's nonstop, right? Like games are every three days and like you have to be able to learn from it and be able to, you know, you know, clear your mind and, and do the next right thing. And for me, it's just like constantly giving them the positivity, showing them the belief and, and just trying to try to be there, you know, be there to, you know, put, put your arm around them on the tough days and celebrate with them on, on the good days, you know, and you, you show that on a day, day, daily basis. Yeah. You know, halfway through my coaching career, you know, it almost the, the stat motto, I think was the first person that I heard say next play, next play, next play. And I could be wrong and I'm, yeah. I'm sure I yeah. am, but yeah, exactly. <laughs> but this do the next right thing mentality is I heard you mentioned to me this summer in an offline conversation. I just love it. I mean, it could be your coaching philosophy if, you know, you are, when you meet with an AD one day, like that is incredible. Where did this do the next right thing come from? Yeah, we, we had a mental performance coach named Brian Kane work with us at Marquette. He's, uh, you know, he's really terrific at what he does. And that, the, you know, he took, we, we took that from him. And, you know, he's someone that I'm in contact with to this day. And I, I think it's just an incredible philosophy, you know, about doing the next right thing. Like now, Obviously, you have to learn from mistakes, but you you have to be able to move on. You have to be able to move on and, you know, regroup and do the next right thing. I think that's at its simplest form. Like that's that's the key. And, um, you know, like I said, it's something that you know, we tried to talk about. It's something that, shoot, I, I mentioned it to to my seven year old about do the next right thing. You know, in, in uh, you know, he's not quite understanding it like our players do, but, you know, he's getting there. So <laughs> that's good. Yeah, that's pretty cool. So I want to before we move on to your new role with Pitt, University of Pittsburgh, I just want to touch on one thing. So you work so hard to get on the floor, you know, obviously relationships, do the next right thing, coaching at a high level, scouting, you mentioned, but just what was recruiting like for you in the big East? For me, I had like a few things in mind when I was recruiting, like one, how does this kid fit at Marquette, mm -hmm. right? With our roster, with our playing style, things like that. Two, like how will he handle being coached by Wojo, right? Like, will he be, will they be a good match, right? And then like, I always wanted to obviously try to bring in the best talent. So like, I I, I think if, if I'm being fair, I, you know, I, I always, you know, to a fault was probably always trying to find, you know, the best player possible for, you know, at Marquette and for the fit. And I was super critical on, on those three things. And recruiting was it was it was a lot of fun i you know drawing on the relationships that i've had and creating new relationships you know in the midwest and east coast and in other places but it, you know for me i just really tried to to hone in on those three things and if they check those boxes then then you start building the relationships building relationship with the with the kid with the family with the coaches and and, and again you want them to to want to play for the school you're working at right you don't want to be begging them you want them to want to play for the head coach want to play for the school you know be inspired about wearing that school's jersey and things like that and that those are the things that i tried to, to really focus in on you know when i was recruiting at marquette so we talked about video we 
briefly mentioned the word analytics. What is analytics to you, Jake? You know, for me, my, my whole basketball world changed in the 12 months that I worked at the Houston Rockets. You know, I was fortunate to work with, you know, I was, a, I was an intern in the basketball operations doing personnel video for the front office. And my whole world changed over lunch after lunch after lunch. Uh, random football game on the weekend, just hearing these guys that worked in the front office of the Rockets talk about analytics and how they should drive decision-making and, and they should drive decisions on playing style and, and, and things like that. And it, to me, it's just a, it's a, it's a tool that will help you make the best decisions with your personnel, with your game planning and, and, and with your, with your playing style for your team. And that, that, that's it. That's it at its core is analytics is a tool that can be used to make the best decisions for your team scouting and, and for your own personnel. In the simplest way, how did you incorporate analytics at Marquette? Well, we shot a lot of three, okay. yeah, first and foremost. Now we, now, we were fortunate to have Marcus Howard and Andrew Rousey and, and other guys that could really shoot, but like, I feel like Wojo was really in tune to the analytics and like he, his big thing was he didn't, he wanted to try to score in the paint or shoot threes and, and we almost did that at times to a fault where we were taking a lot of threes and, um, and things like that. And we had a couple guys, Sakar Anum from Minnesota, who was a really gifted like elbow jump shooter but that, that's just not stuff that we really talked about and we really worked on we really wanted to drive and kick draw two one more pass to try to to try to uh to take the open three and then when we had really gifted post players you know we wanted to try to uh you know throw the ball in the post and score in the paint okay so now you're in the acc you're currently with pittsburgh you're the assistant ad of scouting break it yeah. down to me what is your position yeah you know very fortunate to uh one be working at a great program and and two be working for a great coach and with a great staff you know i just uh i'm living out what i just talked to you what i just talked about about being in your role like my current role assistant athletic director of scouting is you know i'm i'm basically my a majority of my role is 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 focusing on self-scouting game planning and the scouting of our opponents like that's the that's my main role and you know like i like i said like i'm i'm just trying to bring value every day you know i'm it's something that i i love to do it's a it's truly a passion of mine and I get to kind of incorporate all the, the the things that I really enjoy to do from a basketball perspective in terms of video and scouting reports and, and game planning and things like that and you know I'm re really excited about it and like I said it's a great program historic program and to work with a coach like Jeff Capel who like I said he gives you the freedom and he's open to ideas and uh, you know he it's been it's been great it's been great to be here. What makes Coach Capel tick? You know, for him, he's you know he's he's big into relationships, and I know that's a I know that's a, a, a you know kind of a cliche word right now, and everyone kind of talks about it, but he really cares deeply about that, you know. But for him, he what the thing that I've been blown away by is, is just how open he is to ideas, and and we truly the staff are just hoops junkies. Like we're just having constant conversations about basketball and sports and things like that, and it's been awesome. It's been awesome to be around it. And, um, you know, it's, it's, it's really energizing every day, you know, to come to work and, and to be a part of, you know, getting this program back to, to where it was a short time ago. Jeff's been great to work with. You know, I, I love the, the vision that he has for the program. And um, it, it, it's truly inspiring every day to try and to instill that into our team and, and, and to get better every day. Well, it speaks volumes to you as a person, as a professional, that you were able to go to Mar from Marquette to Pitt. But how did you stay ready for an opportunity? Opportunity, even when things might have not looked 
that great for you? Yeah, you know, I think that's a great question. It's something that I think no one no one wants to think about and no one wants to prepare for. But when you, you know, when you have to transition from a, a job, especially any job, but a job that you've been at for a while and you have to transition and then, you know, shoot, if you have a family, you're thinking about other, a lot of stuff. But, you know, for me, it's, I, I, I felt like something was going to work out and I knew there, there, there were days when you didn't want to talk to anybody, you know, you don't want to talk to anybody. You don't want to continue to, to just, you know, have conversations, but you knew you had to, you knew you had to, and you, you wanted to make sure that, you know, you were connecting with the right people and, and, and things like that. But for me, I just tried to stay ready by staying sharp, staying sharp, understanding the landscape of college basketball, you know, whether it be NIL or recruiting or, you know, you know, different, you know, different you know, conferences and players transferring and the transfer portal and things like that. It, for me, it was just staying sharp, you know, staying sharp and, and, be, and being ready for anything that, you know, would come up. And, and um, I, I tried to do it. Full disclosure, it was not easy every day. You know, you get, it's hard. It's hard. You know, you, you, you feel like nothing's happening and you, it's hard to stay ready and, and keep going through your process of doing that. But I just tried to do that. I tried to really throw myself into my family and, um, you know, friends that I, that I rely on, lean on them. And I probably need to do a better job of that. And I've reached out to some people who I kind of pushed away to, to apologize for that, but it's not easy. And I, I think the one thing that I hope for any young coaches that listen is just, you know, that it's going to happen. You know, I think if I heard it once, I heard it a hundred times was, you know, you know, it's part of the profession. It's part of it. That may be true. That may be true, but you don't, you don't really think about it until it happens. And, um, I think for me, it was just like the reality of it, but then also coming to the reality that that's what happened and you have to move on. And, you know, you, you knew that you did everything, you, everything in your power at that previous place to make it a great place. And people that made decisions were that was out of your control. And I think that that was the best thing for me was just kind of letting that go and focusing on what was next. And once I did that, I, I felt like I was in a lot better place. Yeah, I personally the hardest thing for me was telling my son that I'm not with my certain program anymore. So I must that must have been uh, pretty challenging for you to explain to your children that hey, like dad's not going to we can't go well, to the office anymore. <laughs> yeah, well, I actually have a funny story about that if, if you have time. Um For sure. I was sitting at the dinner table and because of you know, the, the, the previous school that I worked at, you know, we lived in the community. We had alumni that lived around us. And it's funny, we're sitting at the dinner table and my wife, Brittany, and I decided, you know, we should probably tell our seven-year-old just so, you know, it, it was pretty public news. Uh, we didn't want it, We didn't want someone to say something to him and him be confused. You know, at this time, it was NCAA tournament time and my, my, my kids filled out brackets and they really enjoyed that. So I told my son Lincoln, like, hey, hey, buddy, you know, just so you know, you know, you know, dad's not going to, you know, work, you know, here anymore. And, and you know, we're going to figure something out, buddy. But we just wanted you to know. And, and, and just so you are aware in case anyone says anything to you. He came right back. And he said, no problem, dad. I think we should go work at Gonzaga. <laughs> <laughs> I said, OK, well, yeah, if you think if you think that's a good choice, then uh, I'll get to work on that. Yeah, so, no, get- he, <laughs> yeah. No, but they, you know, they, they've been great. The boys have been great. And, and again, they, they've been really, um, they've been excited. They're excited to move, be close to the family. And, and, uh, and the only, the only thing that my sons were, they were really excited that, uh, Pitt has baseball, college mm-hmm. baseball. They're really into yeah. baseball. So they're, they were excited about that. But, but no, no, it's something that I, we, we, we told them they handled it great and that they've been really supportive. So that's been nice. Yeah. I've been on the campus a few times. It's awesome. The facilities are amazing. There's nothing like the, 
suites right behind the benches will be super cool and i'm sure the i'm sure yeah. your family will embrace pittsburgh and their unbelievable sports like you know both yeah. at pitt and then obviously professionally but like just thinking about the last thing on pitt what would it be like going against coach Beheim? yeah yeah we play him twice um, <laughs> yeah you know I haven't been back to the dome since we we played it uh, at at Eastern, mm-hmm. and um, I haven't been back since then. But the thing is, for me, if I if if I'm being honest, and I think I should be, it's going to be probably a little emotional if I'm being honest, because mm-hmm. Coach Bayheim and Julie have been incredible to me, and the opportunity that he gave me as a young kid to be a part of his program, and then how he is embodied family and looking out for me and caring for me, not just this year, but throughout my career has just simply been amazing. So, you know, I, I was able to see coach recruiting a few times and, and we've communicated some. I've talked to Julie a lot. You know, for me, it's, it's probably just going to, it's it's going to be great to see everybody. You know, my college roommates on staff now is a GA. I'm close with Jerry McNamara. Yeah. Um, so um, there'll be a lot of pit fans there, though, sitting behind our bench, though, <laughs> that are transitioning, at least to that game from Syracuse fans. So that, that, that'll be a little different. You know, the last thing, and, and if you feel comfortable, I just thinking about, you know, you had some uncertainty in your professional life. Like how much watching your brother being ordained as a priest help you maybe get through this tough time? That's a great question. And if you don't mind, I'll just expand on it. I mean, yeah. so my, my brother is a Jesuit priest. You know, he was ordained in June. I was able to be there with him, with my family when he was ordained, which is amazing. But when everything happened professionally for me, my brother didn't feel bad for me. My brother didn't, you know, he didn't give me some rah-rah speech. My brother said to me over and over again, he said, what's, gonna, what's, what's meant to work out, will work out. Mm. We'll work out. He told me that when everything happened. He told me that in May. He told me that in June. He told me that in July. He told me that in August. I mean, he was telling me that all the time. And he, he you know, he, my brother has a big heart and he cares, but he, he truly believes that. And I, I, I called him about a week into my job here at Pitt and I just said, you were right, man. You were right. And he's like, I'm always right, Jake. What do you mean? And, and, and he, he, I was like, you were right. You told me that what's meant to work out will work out. And there was many times I didn't believe you. You know, I didn't believe you. And But you were right. I What's meant to work out worked out. And I'm at a great place with a great, at a great program with a great coach and a great guy, great staff. And um, he was right. <laughs> He was right. So no, he was he was incredible for me. But he he wasn't this. Uh, he wasn't. He he never gave me a rah rah speech. He never gave me like a at a boy speech. He just uh, he basically simply told me over and over like what's what's meant to work out will work out. That's beautiful. And what's meant what's meant to be will be. And he was right. <laughs> he sure was. He sure yeah, was. So so I always end the podcast. What are some simple tips for young coaches? Yeah. So I mean, again, I. I think for me, for young coaches is, I think they should to, to be, an, be an active learner, you know, try to try to learn as much as you can. I, I think it's important to understand some of the great coaches in our profession, right? The Coach K's, John Wooden, Dean Smith, you know, and, you know, I'm missing, you know, missing some, obviously, but you get my point. The Jim Bayheims is, is to learn about them, learn about what made them great and learn about you know, how they built their programs and, and, and their thoughts on different things. Like try to learn as much as you can about that. And the, the second thing I would say is build great relationships with the people you work with and the people that you worked with 
currently and the people you worked with in the past and, and, and just try to continue to build like really solid foundational relationships with those people, you know, where you can call them, you can, the communication lines are open all the time. And, and I think that's really important. And the last thing, and I sound like a broken record, but just be where your feet are and try to bring value to your program, your head coach, your staff every day, whatever your job is to do, whether you're a manager, whether you're a GA, video, ops, you know, whatever your role is within the staff, like just try to bring value every day. You know, I think it's important that you, you really just try to, you know, lift people up all the time. Like how can you help the program? Because the ultimate goal is if the program wins and probably most likely everyone's going to win, you know? And I, I think that's really important for young coaches and, you know, because I think everyone is in this race to get on the court and be an assistant, and, and that is important. But I think it's also important that you can show that you can bring incredible value and high-level work from whatever your role is currently. And that's something that I really believe in. I really, really appreciate your time tonight, Jake. I, I know you're starting this new adventure. And one thing I know about Cuse, guys, you guys don't sleep, so you're going to be up all night breaking down some film already. But – <laughs> I just think this no. uh, right away is, you know, when I, when I, we worked together at Eastern and I thought I knew it, uh, you know, I had a little bit of, you know, background at the mid-major level, but right away when I watched you, I was like, man, this dude gets, it's going to be a star. And I just appreciate you sharing so much, you know, about your journey. And then most importantly, you know, talking a little bit, like not sure what's next and you sure handled it the right way. And you definitely did the right next, the, the next right thing. So I just appreciate your time and just wishing you all the best at Pitt. And, you know, Pitt has a rock star. I mean, obviously your family has a rock star in you. And, uh, I'm just excited to bring, to see what the value you bring every day to Pitt basketball. I appreciate it, Drew. Thanks for thinking of me. I mean, this is a, an incredible podcast and I was happy to do it. And, um, and yeah, it just, it's just such a great idea. And I, you know, I wish it was some, I wish someone came up with this idea 10 years ago, but, uh, I'm glad that it was your idea and, and you're, you're rolling with it. So thank you. Well, thanks for helping so many young coaches and I hope you have a great season, Jake. Thanks, Joe. Appreciate it. That was a great conversation with coach Jake Pursuti. Way to run your own race, coach Jake. Sensational mindset, especially if you are not currently in the position that you truly desire. I think Jake said it best. Learn to be where your feet are. Absolutely love that. Next play. All of us soon will be saying, do the next right thing. How about such a great tribute to Coach Beheim and Coach Wojo that Jake delivered? I love that Jake also shared his own bounce back story. No doubt he stayed ready this summer for his opportunity at Pitt. Thank you, Coach Jake Pursuti for sharing your story. Subscribe, rate, and review on whatever platform you are currently listening. And we are everywhere. Follow Tell Me Your Story Coach on Instagram at Tell Me Your Story Coach. Follow Tell Me Your Story Coach on Twitter at Coach Kevin Dro. Connect with me on LinkedIn, Kevin Mondro. Stay safe, be you, keep coaching, and see you on the next episode of the Tell Me Your Story Coach podcast. <laughs>